Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. I am your host, Nick Amell. I'm Brandon. Are you? Yeah, still to this day. Cool. Today is a very special episode because normally on this show, Brandon or myself bring a top 10-ish list on anything and everything the other tries to guess. But today, in honor of our 65th episode, woo! 65, woo, 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 woo! 65th episode, we've made it 65-ish weeks. And we're going to do our third ever Q&A episode where we answer questions submitted by listeners. And despite how stupid you always talk about our listeners being, Brandon, we got some very... I've never said that. ...intriguing, thought-provoking questions. I've never said that. I've never used those words. Which words are those? That the that in our listeners were stupid. Mm. I've never intimated that. I've never implied that. I would never. Okay. Is this part of your... Is Are you in character right now? No. As the sidekick host? No. Oh, okay. What I was saying is we have so much to get to today. We had so many questions submitted. So, again, what we're doing here is we asked our <laughs> listeners on what? What we're doing here. We're answering questions. Well, I'm explaining where the fucking questions came from, Brandon. Okay. Jesus. Where did they come from? Did the people just... Did they walk by my house and just yell the questions into my window? People don't know unless I specifically and excruciatingly detail it for them. Okay? Mm-hmm. The questions that came from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can follow us at Tennish Pod. People submitted questions there. That's our pool of questions. Okay. okay? And the deal here is that Brandon has probably seen these come through here and there on... I've seen a few. I'm going to guess you saw them, forgot about them, right? Exactly. So, in other words, Brandon has not, and neither have I. I mean, I put the, I compiled them into a list, but other than that, neither have I. I remember somebody asked about peanut butter again. Oh, yeah, it's coming. So, I'm preparing for that. Neither of us have prepped for these questions. They're all going to be answered off the top of our head. I meant emotionally preparing. For the peanut butter? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to save that one for later because I could see that taking a long time to answer. We have a lot of peanut butter talk to get to. Let's start with a few softballs here. First one comes from uh, Ian on Facebook. He's also a tennis patron. So, thank you, Ian. I appreciate you even if Brandon does not. I do appreciate him. If you could give one superpower to one animal species, what would it be and why? Mm. It's interesting because a superpower, what I was thinking originally was I would let dogs talk. And I know that's not super exciting, Mm. but how fucking interesting would it be to know what your dog is thinking? Well, talking isn't a superpower. That's what I'm saying. So, that wouldn't count. So, a superpower, Mm -mm. that would be like time travel, flying, invisible. Right. I'm taking this question very seriously. Yeah, no. A flying monkey might be nice. The flying monkey's from Wizard of Oz. But they had wings. I want a monkey with no wings that just puts its fist up in the air like a superhero and then just propels up and just goes like a rocket. I get the impression that monkeys try to do that all the time anyway. (laughs) That's just run-of-the-mill monkey business. I guess, I, so I can't, I don't have anything, I feel like without making a list. A list, you say? I can't fully prepare for this, but I want to give something, I want to give superhuman strength to a hedgehog. So, Sonic the Hedgehog then? Sonic is just fast. Well, you could argue he had superhuman strength in his legs. Well, uh, except you'd lose that argument because it's stupid. Well, by the way, superhuman strength. Super, whatever. He has super strength. I want a hedgehog. No, no, that's... You've completely glossed over the 
cuteness of the hedgehog. This is a description. You are being whatever the equivalent of nationalistic is about the human race to these poor hedgehogs. It's called anthro anthropomorphism. I mean, you don't fucking know what you're talking yeah, about. This is pro- okay, yeah. why, why the hedgehog and why is he super strong? Because well, I couldn't think of, I mean, it's there's such a wide range of answers, but I tried to think of the smallest, cutest little animal. I don't even think they poop. So, the, the smallest, cutest animal is a hedgehog to you. Smallest, cutest animal in the world is a hedgehog. No, sorry. Giving them super strength would allow them to exaggerate their emotions and afflict them upon people and I think mm. they probably actually have a lot of pent-up aggression. Hedgehogs already have a defense mechanism that's pretty effective. They don't need anything else. And by the way, I have to say, I think this is a dumb choice. Okay. Well, then what's your smart choice? I already said it. Flying monkey. Okay. Monkeys are already really great. They're really the best. They're the best animal there is. They're better than humans. But you add flying to it. I think they would be the most terrifying fucking thing in the world. You know, there's countries, a friend of ours went to Africa and remember she said that there was a town where they were like, yeah, don't go out after dark. And they're like, why? Are there gangs? Are there thugs? They said, no, it's monkeys. Well, well, I think those were baboons, right? Yeah. Baboons and especially asshole breed of monkey. And they said there's gangs of monkeys running around the street and they'll take your purse and they'll beat you up. And so, they didn't go out. I've seen videos from India where there's these little monkeys running all over the place and people are getting attacked and tortured by them. They get their water bottles stolen, they get food slapped right out of their mouths and they can't do anything to them because in this area, the monkeys rule the earth. Okay, well, when you said that the monkeys tortured people, I mean, my mind went to like they're chaining them down on a table and getting some like, you know, surgery tools. Eventually, monkeys will have their day. Yeah. All right, so, I'm going with flying monkeys and I get what you're saying about the scariness but fuck it. A super strong hedgehog, scary as well. Let's move on to the next question here. We have one from a podcast about something and you can follow them on Twitter at APA something. They said... When jamming out in your car, what's your go-to air instrument? That is a great question. I only play... Well, I, I don't know if it's a great question. It I is mean, a great question. It's a question. No, I've been looking for an opportunity to talk about my air guitaring. <laughs> well, we're all very excited to hear And here we go. I only have two air instruments, the drums and guitar. I rarely played the drums. Well, yeah. What does anyone else do? An air flute? I mean, those are the only two instruments anybody's going to do. I have done some air brass instruments. I have done some air piano. I've done air bass. Air bass is just air guitar. I mean, it looks the same. No, it doesn't. Your hand hand is completely different. I'm playing with my fingertips rather than a pick. Okay. I didn't realize I was sitting here with a fucking music scientist. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make a fucking scientist to know that those two (laughs) instruments are played differently. Okay, but when it's in in air form, you playing with your fingers versus a pick, I fucking guarantee you no one's going to fucking know the difference if you're watching you. Oh, I absolutely guarantee you, you will know the difference. All right. Now. You know, I tell our listeners to unsubscribe sometimes. Can you just fucking unsubscribe from the show as a host? Now, listen, my air drum songs... (sighs) are uh, Misty Mountain Hot by Led Zeppelin. Okay. And there's a very specific fill in Bohemian Rhapsody that I hit with the air drum every time. But my main air instrument is the air guitar. 
my air guitar prowess mm. is at its peak when I am playing a David Gilmore solo from Pink Floyd. And it's because they're super long and intricate and they wail, but you have to be a fucking air guitar warrior to hang with David Gilmore. And I have put in the time. I've put in the, you know, they say it takes like 10,000 hours to become an expert in something, to become like... You're a guitar expert like David Gilmore, got it. I am the air guitar equivalent of David Gilmore. I'd like to tell a podcast about something to never submit a question again if this is the kind of shit I have to listen to Brandon talk about. I never get to talk about it. The only person who has regularly seen and been impressed by my air guitar skills is six years old. By the way, air guitaring while driving is not safe. Sometimes worth the risk. The only song I ever listen to is the Tennis Podcast theme song on repeat all day every day and I, uh, I like to do an air... I, I think it was probably made with a computer. Yeah. Air, air keyboarding. computer keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Are you satisfied with the air instrument discussion or do you want to spend more time going over what other music legends you compare yourself to? That was the complete answer. Okay. Kent from Facebook wants to know, what was your greatest fear when you were between the ages of five and ten? Vampires. Really? Yeah. Well, how old were you when you first read Dracula? Probably like eight or nine. Okay, so is that where your fear was born? Well, and before that, I had seen them in movies. I mean, this the honest answer is that of all the scary things that were out there, vampires scared the shit out of me because they look, I mean, they just look like a goth person until they open their mouth and then it's full of animal fangs. Well, it depends on the vampire. There's different styles of vampire as we've, as we've gone over. The Nosferatu style. He just looks fucked up from the get-go. It's interesting that the vampire that's almost 100 years old is scarier than all the modern vampires. Yeah, he looks like Gargamel from the Smurfs. <laughs> he does. With saber tooth fangs. Yeah, better ass though. I have to say, I, I don't recall really ever thinking about vampires between 5 and 10. Off the top of my head, I, and I've told this story on this podcast before I think, but when I was eight years old, I went to a slumber party for a birthday. I, I was, I'm a big horror movie fan now. I was not when I was eight years old and I was in a room and I watched Chucky, uh, Child's Play for the first time. I was in a room of a horror fanatic who had life-size Chucky dolls all over the room. <laughs> and so, I remember that affecting me greatly for many months after that. What a puss. And my second biggest fear was being stuck in a chair talking to an old man about what air instruments he's best at. I was also scared of dogs. Oh, yeah. I think you... That's true. I was scared of dogs until I was like 16 years old. Well... Somebody's dogs like pinned me and scared the shit out of me for like <laughs> days on end. Did you steal his bone? No, I just existed where he didn't want me to. <laughs> Okay, well, me and that dog have something in common. I had some trust issues with dogs until I hung out with a dog all the time, yeah. Do you recall what kind of dog it was? Uh, it was like a white collie shepherd mix of some kind. It was like a mid-sized white fluffy kind of dog. <laughs> okay. You never made up with the dog? No. I was like, I think I was two or three when it happened. Uh, so, I don't really remember. I just kind of remember an image of this dog that, you know, looking back, I'm like, that's not a scary dog. But when you're two or three, <laughs> this thing looks like a, one of the dire wolves from G okay. Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was probably like a Pomeranian or something. Yeah, it was, it was small, but when you're little. Anyway, it, uh, you know, it, it no. probably it happened at just the right time to like rewire my brain where dogs were bad and scary. 
And it took a while to get over that. Yeah, now you know that dogs are the best thing on earth. We're going to get into four or five questions here specifically about our show. You ready for that? I'm ready for that. Take off whatever lying bullshit hat you've been wearing the last few questions and put on your honesty hat now, okay? Okay. From Mumps in the Night podcast on Twitter at B-I-T-N podcast, they want to know, what was the idea behind the conception of the Tennis podcast? I don't have a very exciting answer for that. <laughs> no, I don't have... I mean, I guess the short version of the boring answer would be that we wanted to have some kind of conversation and make a podcast out of it. These lists are something that would come up in conversation from time to time, like even before we talked about this, uh, just as a way to like entertain each other, usually when like traveling for work. And that idea came up as an option. And it's probably the best of all the sort of options that we explored. Yeah, Brandon and I do work together for a number of years now. So, that's how we met. And another reason we went with the Tennis Podcast is because it was unique. It wasn't something being done a lot or at all. Alex on Facebook wants to know, Growing up, what was each of your dream jobs and what specific mistakes can you identify that caused you to settle on podcast hosts? Oh, shit. I'll uh, amend his question with, I think he meant settle on podcast host and sidekick podcast host, respectively. I had a pretty grand scheme uh, when I was a kid of becoming mm -hmm. an astronaut. Mm -hmm. every, almost nearly every decision I made after decide I wanted to become an astronaut was the wrong decision mm -hmm. toward becoming an astronaut. Well, why did you have to scheme to be an astronaut instead of just planning to do normal astronaut training? Because <laughs> I knew I wasn't qualified. No, that was, I really did want to be uh, an astronaut. We, you probably, I don't know why I'm even about to ask this. Did you ever see the movie Space Camp? Nope. Uh, space Camp is an 80s movie set at a space camp. There's a real space camp, I guess there still is, in Alabama. In the movie, these kids go to space camp and they get on the space shuttle and the kid's robot pal uh, hacks the <laughs> NASA computer and sends uh -huh. the kids into space while they're supposed, you know, I'm just supposed to be at camp. I hate when my robot pal does that to me. Anyway, I wanted to be an astronaut and we sent away for information about space camp and they send you a free VHS tape. We just talked about VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. The VHS tape they sent was this like less than plastic, you know, because they're sending out a bunch for free. So, it only worked like one time in the VCR before it like warped and bent and I could never watch it again. <laughs> so, you put it in the VCR and it's like a 25-minute infomercial on how badass space camp is. And the way it works is you put the tape in and, you know, like 8 or 10-year-old me is watching this 25-minute sizzle reel of how hot space camp is while my parents are reading the actual information about how much space camp costs. Oh, yeah. So, the, at the end of the video... And the end of their reading, we all meet together again and I find out like, no, you're not going to get a space game. <laughs> How much was it? Do you remember? I have no idea. I just know it was like, <laughs> it was just, you know, no joke, but it was astronomically expensive. There's oh, no way. Oh, bad we... pun. Well, I like how, um, you know, in all these inspirational movies and quotes and stories, the parents always support their children and their goals and dreams and your yeah, parents like are just like, nah, I mean, fuck this it. is too much money. This dream. <laughs> Dreams do have a ceiling, yeah. So, you settled on Sidekick Podcast Host. That was my next choice. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting to be a police officer uh, when I was a little boy and that was after wanting to be guest on. As a job? <laughs> there was one video of me at three or four years old dressing up as guest on. 
And then as a police officer, when I was probably seven or eight, I would patrol the neighborhood. I'd dress up and go patrol the neighborhood. Oh, you were a narc. And then around nine or ten is when I decided I wanted to be a podcast host. Marching around the neighborhood and the neighbors are just like a little squirt from across the street. A little, a little squirt. Just came up and punched me in the balls. <laughs> Said I parked, <laughs> parked illegally. Yeah, at seven years old, that's the kind of crime I was looking out for, illegal parking. You know, exciting car chases with robbers or bank robbers or something. Uh, grab them in the brisket. Is this you, Brandon, your Twitter account? Mm-mm. At grab the brisket on Twitter. They want to know what was your favorite list to do? Mm-hmm. I'll go first here. It's hard to say, you know, off top of my head, I really enjoyed the last list I did, which was the uh, top Wikipedia pages for historical figures. That was fun because I got to do a lot of research on people I, you know, I knew the names of but I hadn't heard anything about them since like fucking middle school history class. So, that was nice to be reacquainted with that. Hmm. Pretty much any of the ones about crime or death mm-hmm. or history. Mm-hmm. Best presidents, the worst pres- I think the worst presidents was my overall favorite. Murder and like when uh, workplace injuries or causes of death. Or diseases. Do you remember workplace injuries? Was uh, a lot yeah. of injuries about the butt in that one. There's all your butt. I mean, it sticks out. It's getting into everything. No, it's vulnerable. It's like the shins. It's not like the shins at all. <laughs> but the shins are vulnerable. <laughs> the butt is the shin of the back of the body? Yeah. Speaking of shins, why did humans evolve to have like this huge fucking weakness in the shin? It's like one of the only parts of the body that has no protection at all. Is it supposed to be protection? For what? I don't know. I don't know. Just the shin fucking hurts when you get hit in it and it's not hard to get hit in it. What about the balls? I've given my theory on the balls. What are the most important organs for reproduction? They are sensitive and if damaged, uh, not only cause intense pain and can, you know, lead to infection and death, but also prevent the propagation of the species. What's the most secure way we can get these things on the body? I've got an idea. Stick them right between the two things that he runs with. <laughs> and you know that like uh, that like little helpful cage we put around his other organs to protect them? Don't put that on there. Just let them hang loose. Just give them elbow skin as protection. The ball should really be in the body but the winky is still out, right? We don't want a winky that's in and then comes out like a dog. You want, want one that comes out when you like blow really hard on your finger. It like... <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. But my theory on why balls are unprotected on men mm-hmm. is because it's nature's way of giving us a weakness. The equalizer? Yeah, and I'm no evolutionary expert but that's my, you know, Semi-serious. <laughs> I know it's surprising to our listeners that I'm not an evolutionary expert uh, since I've evolved so well myself. Uh, but that is my uh, semi-serious uh, theory on that. But the shins, I don't have a good reason why those are left so vulnerable. You know, they've found mummified remains, ancient mummified remains where people had made shin guards. Yeah. We've been trying to solve this problem since the beginning of time. Next question is from at four. Color US on Twitter. They want to know, have you done a top 10 list of top 10 lists? The answer is fucking yes. Episode yeah. 50. We did uh, the 
top 10 lists we've covered that have been most downloaded by listeners. That's episode 50. The next question comes from at moongoddess422 on Twitter. She wants to know, do you time your show to keep them roughly an hour or is it heavily edited? Why do you keep your show close to an hour long and not longer? Brandon, as the uh, full-time editor of our show, do you want to take this question? I don't think anybody wants to listen to us for more than an hour. I think an hour is fucking pushing it. It is interesting that I, I hadn't really thought of it until she asked this, but I went back and looked and most of our episodes are like right around the hour mark and it's not, <laughs> it's actually not intentional. <laughs> no, it isn't. Think, it isn't intentional. I think that's probably, I think the, just the natural flow or, you know, we sort of have a rough template of how it goes. By the hour mark, Brandon and I are pretty, we've had enough interaction for the week. We're ready to take a break for the next week. But, you know, I actually edit all the episodes. And she wanted to know if uh, the episodes are heavily edited. I'll say that they're moderately edited. Um, they do, you know, if an episode's an hour, there's probably been at least 10 minutes that have been edited out. Yeah, just tighten the show up a little. But uh, the, the hour thing is just, it's uh, mostly natural, like Brandon said. Nathan on Facebook wants to know, who would your dream guest be on our show if you could choose one and why? And what would you ask them? And your answers cannot be Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson or Dr. Phil? Really handcuffing us here, Nathan. Who would your dream guest be, Brandon, and why? Mel Gibson? Wouldn't Donald Trump be like the ultimate get? Imagine if the news tomorrow was that this guy who has not, you know, infrequently holds press conferences and doesn't really sit down and give long formal interviews on the record like that. Mm -hmm. Imagine the news if they said out of everybody he could have sat down with, he sat down with the Danish podcast and tried to guess, you know, like the top 10 best-selling VHS Oh my God, can you fucking imagine? He doesn't, he, I bet he would have trouble naming like five movies. Yeah. He does not strike me as the type that has any awareness. I don't see him as much of like a collector or appreciator of movies, TV or... Art of any kind. No, I don't. I've never heard him refer to movies, music, or film or TV in a way that other than like just talking about The Apprentice. What? We would have so many down. We would have. We would immediately have like more than ten million downloads. It would be terrifying. Almost as many downloads as our workplace injury episode. But I have to ask. First of all, why would Trump ever agree to be on a podcast when we shit on him like basically every episode? Secondly, let's say this happened. Let's say we got Trump on the show, mm -hmm. but we talked to the White House and made it happen. What would your approach be, Brandon, as an interviewer? Would you try to be objective? Would you be confrontational? Would you try to play like you're innocent and on his side, but you're making fun of him secretly? How would you, how would you go about it? The latter. I mean, <laughs> there's literally news as we are recording this, there's more and more testimony from government officials saying like, yeah, he's done some bribery. So, he's already in trouble and everyone knows, every, no, everyone already knows who he is and what he's about. So, trying to confront him in this format would not work. I would treat him to the OK Boomer meme long form. A lot of placating, a lot of patronizing. I would be very patronizing right. and condescending and snarky and passive aggressive, which I, what I hope would culminate in like a screaming match at the end before he hangs up. That would be <laughs> the fucking... Screaming match? Yeah. I mean, about what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I would want it to go about till about like 48 minutes. I would want to get him real riled up where he started saying crazy shit like they showed me the fucking the alternate tapes of the JFK assassinations. 
aliens are real and they're interdimensional. You know, uh, I killed yeah. Epstein. Like, I want him to scream he's gonna, all He's going to break all this news on our show. Yeah. In the middle of guessing VHS tapes that are in the top 10. I think I could get him to jump there. You know, the great thing about Trump as opposed to other celebrities and presidents is most famous people, if you started being confrontational like that and getting in a fight, most of them would just say this interview's over and then hang up. But yeah, Trump, I could right see staying on <laughs> and trying to fight you to on it. To the point where someone would grab the phone and hang up on him. Yeah. Okay. So, coming in 2020, our exclusive interview with uh, President Trump. We know it was a big deal when the WTF podcast with Mark Marin had sitting president Barack Obama come to his garage and record a podcast. So, in fact, I think that's the way you could get Trump to do our podcast. If you told him that Obama sat down as sitting president and recorded a long form podcast. Yeah. Or just tell him there's an underage girl eating a huge block of cheese like in our garage and that's where we're going to record and he might come for that too. I remember when uh, Barack Obama was president, I remember that, uh -huh. he was the first president that really took steps to be integrated into pop culture, was part of mainstream interviews and he had the cameo, he had the scene with On Between Two Ferns, things like that, things that no other president had done before. And he got a lot of criticism, you know, you can guess which side of the aisle most of the criticism came from, that mm -hmm. president should not be acting that way, president should not be partaking in things like that. Why well, he has time to do that when he should be running the country. Right. And now look at our fucking president now tweeting at midnight about how there's a witch hunt out to get him. <laughs> Those people have kind of shut up, haven't they? Next question. This one comes from at obviously Amanda on Instagram. She is a tennis patron as well. So, thank you, Amanda. She wants to know, what are your top three favorite podcasts besides your own? Top three. Number... Oh, you're, you have them ranked, huh? Okay. I could do it off the top of my head. Number three would be Song Exploder. Two would be Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. And number one is the last podcast on the left. No, tell them Steve Dave. I've kind of fallen off of that a little bit. So, there were complaints for years and years that one of the hosts, Brian, was that just complained all the time. I guess maybe I was way more forgiving. Anyway, I started to notice it too. And I just wasn't looking forward to it like I used to. The complaints or the rantings of like a 50-something-year-old guy and it's always like about like the Kardashians or something. Like, yeah, we know they're fucking stupid. Hang on, are you talking about yourself now? 50-year-old guy? Yeah. I don't gripe about the Kardashians. I mean, everybody knows they're stupid. Like, what new do you have to say about no. the Kardashians? You gripe about the important things in the world like the trailer hitch on the back of pickup trucks. Not enough people are bitching about that. I've got to take up the space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah you're right. Market's space. wide open for that. Okay. My three favorite are... Hmm. I have my three. I'm trying to figure out how to rank them. I'll say uh, number three is the Unresolved podcast, which is a great podcast about unresolved cases and he also does updates when the cases are resolved at times. Second favorite is the Losers Club podcast, which is a Stephen King podcast. That is a must-listen for all King fans, I think. They have a super analytical eye to both the books and the movies and TV shows. And my number one favorite, like Brandon, is the last podcast on the left. That's the podcast that got me into podcasts in the first place. Brandon, how do you feel about the news that just dropped? As we're recording, it was dropped yesterday that the last podcast boys are going to be Spotify exclusive starting uh, in a few months here. I mean, you can still use Spotify for free and listen to their show, so... yeah. 
whatever lets them like gives them the the money and resources to keep doing their show i say that's great and i've been using spotify like so yeah i really like spotify as a product i know i think that's beside the point though i think so here's my take i have mixed feelings one i'm like you i support the last podcast guys whatever can get them the best deal and the most money i am happy for them and support them but on a personal level I do think it sets a concerning precedent that, um, you know, the big podcasts going forward are going to become exclusive to different podcast players. What it means is that starting in 2020, to listen to the last podcast on left, you can only listen to them on Spotify or their Patreon. But Brandon, what if that's a Spotify exclusive and then Hardcore History becomes a Stitcher exclusive? Now, now you have to have two separate apps to listen to just two different podcasts. So, not the end of the world. These apps are free, whatever. And again, I support the guys. I just, I don't want to see a trend where, you know, this time next year, I have to have six different apps to listen to my favorite podcasts. So, that's the only thing I'll say. If Spotify wants to throw me some money, I'll get their logo tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs> Thanks for that very analytical uh, response. Mm-hmm. So, the next question comes from Ivan on Facebook. He wants to know, what is a pet peeve you have of other podcasts? pet peeve about other podcasts i guess i don't i mean i don't really have a pet peeve podcasts are one of those things where if i start to get a little bit annoyed i can just not listen and so i don't yeah but what are those things that would get you to stop listening like let's say a podcast is really good you enjoy the host you enjoy the content but there's just one thing that says man i really like this show but i can't keep listening well like i was just saying this variations on a theme this guy keeps has a different gripe every week some people keep enjoying it and that's cool but I didn't and I'm not like crapping on it. It's just not my thing at the moment. I think that's the big deal is like, I don't know, sometimes something might annoy me and other times it wouldn't. Sure. All right, I'm going to move on. The next question, we're getting out of podcast land and returning to one of Brandon's favorite places, Pokemon Land. Brandon, the Up All Night podcast asked us on Instagram, do you have a favorite Pokemon and if so, which one? I think we might have done this question before. <laughs> I've done this question recently on the way to school. Oh, good. A first grader asked me this. Uh, he's asked me it multiple mornings. So, I have <laughs> multiple different answers. So, I'll give you the most recent one. It's Pikachu because he's the cutest and also the only one I can reliably remember. Pikachu is cute. There's no doubt. Absolutely. We can all agree but he's not, he's not the cutest. I also kind of like Psyduck. Psyduck, he did steal the show in the uh, Pokemon movie, Detective Pikachu. Yeah, that's what I know him from. I like his face. He looks like he can't believe this shit that's going on. (laughs) Which is how I felt the whole Pokemon movie. I can't believe this shit either, dude. I'm about to blow up too. Your uh, your six-year-old son, what is his frame of reference for Pokemon? Is it the games, the TV shows, the cards? The cartoons. He has watched a ton of the cartoons. And who's his favorite? His favorite is Pikachu too. He's very, he's very centered on the main protagonist of whatever he's watching. It has to be the coolest, biggest hero. That's the one he centers on. And he but cannot, he's not the coolest, biggest hero. I know. But I, but I get your point. He's the main hero. He cannot fathom, like in Star Wars, he, can't, he cannot understand why you would like or tolerate anything that is not centered around Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That's why I was shocked. When I got him to watch The Mandalorian with me and he is now hooked on it. And I also wanted to say for those who'd asked about The Mandalorian, I did start recording something the other day. I have uh, some thoughts on the first episodes of The Mandalorian. I'm going to get those together and hopefully send you a file that you don't have to edit and can just throw it up there. 
That would be a dream, but I'm not counting on it. And what Brandon's talking about is uh, Mandalorian reviews from him that we will be posting on our Patreon at patreon.com slash tennispod. Favorite Pokemon. Well, by the way, you said your son loved the protagonist. That's really funny because, you know, most kids are, I'm sure, like that. But for me, I was the exact opposite. I always uh, went with the villain. Scar was my favorite in Lion King. Gaston was my favorite in uh, Beauty and the Beast, etc., etc. I don't know why, but I've always liked the villain. It's because you, deep down, have a very dark heart. Yeah, and you're the villain on this show. Wait, does that mean you love me? Well, Brandon, I guess, I guess it's time for me to tell you that, yeah, deep down, I think I love you. Your favorite Pokemon. Your you don't favorite wanna, Pokebug. <laughs> you don't want to expand on that? <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about that. Tell me about a Pokebug. Unlike your old ass, when I was a kid, I was into Pokemon. I got the cards. I watched the show. I saw the movies in theater. I dragged my dad to the first Pokemon movie and I remember <laughs> overhearing... <laughs> I remember overhearing him telling my mom later when he didn't know I could hear that it was the stupidest movie he'd ever seen <laughs> and it broke my heart and I played the games and I still play the games. My favorite Pokemon, but I'm very loyal to the original 150. My favorite Pokemon, kind of a cliche answer but I love Charizard. He is the true biggest badass in the Pokemon universe but I also have a uh, fond spot for Blastoise and Bulbasaur. There you go. Cool. Obviously, Amanda again on Instagram wants to know, if you could visit anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? So, we know Brandon's already. It's the Atlanta airport Mm -mm. where he can get as many Nathan's hot dogs as he likes to eat over trash cans. Mm -mm. But what's your second place in the world you'd most want to go? Tokyo? Japan? Yeah, Tokyo's a good one. I'd like to visit Japan. I wish I had like an interesting or funny answer but no, I just, I'm really interested in it because it's so, seems so different from what I understand but yeah, I also want to just check out history and the parks. All the Pokemon history in Japan. Yeah, I want to get to the bottom of the Pokemon craze. I have a few. I have Australia. I have Egypt because I want to see the pyramids and find out the secret alien portal. I'm sure there's a secret portal somewhere where you get up to, that's the real Area 51 there, right? And I also would love to go to Alaska. So, yeah. Next question is from True Consequences Podcast at True Cons Pod on Twitter. This is the most important question on here. It's going to get heated. We might have a lot of debate here. We might uh, divide a lot of listeners here on where they stand. But we have to get to it because we don't shy away from the tough questions. Brandon, what kind of butt is the best butt? I'm probably the one with like the, the most butt. Yeah. Like a big old round one, I guess. It depends what you're using the butt for. If you're using the butt as... What's a butt for? Well, if you... (laughs) Butt has a lot of purposes, right? You can use it as a nice table. You uh, you know, someone else's butt, I mean. Uh, We're not talking about just your own butt. We're talking about butts in general. Remember we talked about a butt store one time? You just put on other butts. You can use a butt as a table. You can use it as a a device to, to spank. Get your spanking aggression out. You can eat a butt, as listener of the show Albert Fish could tell you. You could use the butt to warm yourself up, use the meat from the butt for that. You could build a home out of butt meat, perhaps. We can't rule it out. I mean, I think you could if you had the science behind it. And of course, you can use the butt to sit with your own butt. So, all that, you know, there's different answers per, <laughs> per butt. I think generally speaking, like the, the best catch-all answer is you want a nice meaty butt with a lot of meat on it, a lot of fat on it. You don't want a skinny buttless butt because that, you know, you have trouble sitting, not enough meat to eat or cook or wear or <laughs> build your home with. 
That's my take on butts. You know, that reminded me, or you mentioned it. <laughs> Albert Fish talking yeah. about eating a butt. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested of, of hearing the letter that Albert Fish wrote to the mother no. of the... I've, well, I mean, I've heard the letter, or I've read the letter, but we're having a good time here and you're about to bring it way down for our listeners. So. Really? Would that bring it down? Oh, it's think... fucking sad as shit. He's talking about I mean... eating a child's ass. That he, he sends that to the parents of the child. That's how they find out their child's dead. Oh, my God. Uh... All right. Get, you can read a few no, sentences no, here. This is something now we have to do offline uh, when we show our true selves. You got to read it now. I mean, we talked about it. No, I'm not going to. You're not going to do it? No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, anything else on butts, Brandon? Do you, do you agree with what I said, generally speaking? I, I'm just still of the opinion, like, best butt, big old butt. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think, yeah, generally speaking, we're on we're in agreement there. The Haunted Ride on, at Haunted Ride on Twitter, they want to know, if you have to pick a dinosaur to be stuck on an island with, which one would you pick? Interesting question. Hmm. I don't mind. The long neck, brach- what is it, brachi- brachiosaurus? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Are you afraid that you would be stomped? Well, that, that is a concern but I think that's less of a concern than like being hunted by, you know, a velociraptor or a T-Rex. The long neck doesn't eat meat. You can climb on him, ride him like a draft and also when he, he or she dies inevitably, I don't know how long they live. How long do they live? Probably a long time. Okay. Well, when they die, you got a lot of dinosaur meat to uh, work with there as opposed to like a cute little dinosaur. I would pick, I don't know their names, but those kind that like they hang out by the water and they have a duck's bill and like mm-hmm. a huge stick on the back of their head for some fucking reason. Yeah, that's the, the duck dino. One of those. Why? Duck bill. Let me look up its name. Let me move on from Albert Fish. <laughs> duck billed dinosaur. Probably a few of them. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a, hadrosaurs are the, like the group of them. This is great. I'm Can trying to just, find the name of one of these guys. Let's just, no, why, why don't you just keep reading off random sentences of irrelevant information from the internet? Well, I think no, that's this better. That's what we should do instead of top 10 lists. It's not irrelevant. They asked me the name of the goddamn dinosaur. No, nobody asked you the name of that dinosaur. Read the question again. We all know the dinosaur you're talking about. We don't need the name. Nah. I'm going to move on. I can't find it anyway. The guy, one with a duck bill and the thing on his head. Yeah, yeah, we got it. At Spooky Stuff underscore pod on Twitter wants to know, which of us, Nick or Brandon, would survive longer if hopelessly lost in the wilderness? Wait, which one of us would survive yeah. longer? Probably me. I've seen more episodes of Survivor oh. Man. Well, you don't, you're making assumptions there. Have you seen one episode of Survivor Man? No. But you know, I would just go to the um, no the grocery stores and the hospitals they have in the wilderness, I'm sure, and uh, I'd just survive there. That's my way of saying I would not make it very long. No. Because the wilderness does not have those things. You know, I wouldn't make it very long in the wilderness, but you know what I hope would make it long? But that's what she said? The LA Not So Confidential Podcast. I hope they have a long and prosperous career as podcasters. They're two forensic psychologists that dissect the intersections where true crime, forensic psychology, and entertainment meet. They are friends of the show. It is a great show. 
that I highly recommend. And here is their uh, quick promo. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about LA Not So Confidential, the forensic psychology and true crime podcast brought to you by me, Dr. Shiloh. And this guy. Hi, I'm her bestie and co-host, Dr. Scott. She was a cop and I was a Hollywood casting director. Now we're both forensic psychologists working in Los Angeles. We met while doing our internships working with sex offenders. I know, right? Twice a month, we bring you a classic or contemporary true crime story while applying real psychological concepts and dishing about entertainment's representations of those crimes. Subscribe now to L.A. Not So. Confidential, wherever you get your podcasts. True crime, psychology, and snark. Trust us. We're doctors. That's the L.A. Not So Confidential podcast. They also sent in a question on Twitter. They said, what case got you into true crime? Because they know we're true crime fans. Hmm. As a kid, I was just, it, you know, I think a lot of kids go through a phase where, they're, where they discover what a serial killer is. Or I think I saw Silence of the Lambs and maybe that's where I got interested in serial killers and then true crime. Mm-hmm. As an adult, what kind of got me back into it was the story of the original Night Stalker or the East Area Rapist now also known as the Golden State Killer. It's 10 times as interesting now that he has been apprehended and Mm -hmm. is awaiting trial. But even before that, before I ever had any idea that we would find out who this guy was, the story takes place over years and it's filled with contradictions and uh, mysteries and red herrings. So, I love like a mystery that has kind of too many clues. That definitely fit the bill. The guy was terrifying. And yeah, I read and learned a lot about that and then they found the guy and it became even more interesting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to when last podcast eventually does a series on on him. I don't remember how I first heard about him but we mentioned him earlier. Albert Fish is the first serial killer I can recall doing a deep dive in research because that's what normal 15-year-olds do. And, you know, that led me to learn about all these others. Serial killers is, was my gateway drug into the world of true crime. Um, and Albert Fish is the first one I can really recall actively seeking out information about. And I don't recommend it if you want to sleep well. <laughs> oh, he says something like, oh, how I did eat her ass up. He did. This is another question from at uh, spooky stuff underscore pod on Twitter. Who would win in a fight, Nick, Brandon or Dr. Phil? And by the way, we had several questions about who would win in a fight between <laughs> Nick or Brandon. So, okay. the people want to see us fight. But uh, add Dr. Phil to the mix, who would win? It's a three-way fight. No, Dr. Phil would not win. He's... I don't know. I'm not so quick to rule him out because he is a con man. He has no soul, no heart. <laughs> and I just get the sense that he would do anything it takes to survive. He so... has a pocket full of sand ready to go. <laughs> I don't know. I think Dr. Phil might win, honestly. I just don't know if it'd be worth it as much to me as it is to him. I think, I think he, life is delicious for him and he, is, he will do anything it takes to keep it. I'm not sure like what it would take for either of us to like fight anybody, let alone start like fist fighting each other. I would assume it'd be some sort of post-apocalyptic scenario in which we're like fighting over the last moldy loaf of bread. Think you and I are still going to be uh, in regular contact when a post-apocalypse happens? Well, when everybody gathers in the center of town for the daily mass execution and someone throws <laughs> out a loaf of bread, we'll probably run into each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Phil will be there too. He'll still be wearing his gold watch in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> he'll be he'll be wearing a black hooded mask <laughs> carrying around a big ass axe. <laughs> oh my god. Who's first on the block today? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that you like morphed into a Muppet character there at the end with the laugh. That's my uh, Phil laugh. Uh, our friends again at Grab the Brisket on Twitter want to know, do either of y'all cook or barbecue? I mean, I like to eat barbecue. I know, I thought about getting a smoker, but no, uh, not yet. Maybe I... I need to look at one of those. Uh, I need to look at one of those trigger smoker grill combo things. This is the dullest thirty seconds of my life. Well, I mean that I answered the question put before me. I, how am I supposed to dress up? Do I like to smoke <laughs> them meats? <laughs> well, that that sentence right there was a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. I also like to consume barbecue to put it inside of myself. Good God! But I don't. I'm not a big cook or barbecuer. Which is ironic since my dad is a uh, gourmet chef, but doesn't it, uh, I didn't inherit that gene. From the underscore real underscore Joey underscore Gallo on Instagram, we're getting into the hot dog questions. He had to know they were coming. Brandon, this one, I think he, I think he meant it specifically for you. What is your favorite brand of hot dogs? <sighs> Do you remember what the restaurant was in the Atlanta airport? I think it was in Nathan's, right? Jesus Christ. I mean, the honest truth is... <laughs> I don't really like hot dogs that much. Uh, I guess like ballpark. You've lost a taste for them since Atlanta? Yeah. If I'm at a um, like a ballpark, like an actual ballpark, like a baseball park. Baseball airport. Uh, I go for the, the bratwursts. You know, I take it back. This is the dullest 30 seconds of my life. Again, people are asking about the fucking hot dog thing still. They're going to get exactly what they ask for. A boring ass answer that I don't like hot dogs. Hashtag hot dog Brandon. Let's get to something much more exciting, much more interesting, much more important and significant to the uh, future of the human race. This one comes from uh, APA something on Twitter. If all water was turned into peanut butter, Fucking hell. what brand would you want it to be? And would it be chunky or creamy? And would you still cook your hot dogs in it? So, the last one's for Brandon there. I'll take the first one and the second one. So, for those new to the show, Brandon loves to talk about the scenario where if all water on earth, no, if all water on the universe was replaced by peanut butter, so the water in your faucet, the water in your pool, the water that makes up your saliva, all of it, it's all peanut butter now. And I have to say, I mean, Skippy, that's the best peanut butter out there. Creamy. I don't want the chunky peanut butter. That would be dangerous because if you have chunky peanut butter that's now your saliva and you have chunky peanut butter coming out of the faucets or you try to, you know, take a bath in chunky peanut butter, it just it creates a lot of complications that creamy smoothness could really help. Yes. And I would argue that the chunky peanut butter would also not be good for uh, lubricant the same way that a creamy would. Peanut butter would not be good for a lubricant based on the fact that it's peanut butter. (laughs) But Brandon, this is not something we have a choice in. This is an alternate universe where peanut butter is water. You don't think anything of it. It's all you know. It's all you've ever known. When you were born and they, they cleaned you off at the hospital, they didn't use any sort of water, they used peanut butter. When you wash your hair, you put the shampoo in, put your conditioner in and then you rinse off with peanut butter. This is what you know. It's not weird to you. Well, <laughs> and okay, would you agree that it should be creamy, right? I like Jif. Okay. I like Jif. Creamy Jif and I like the omega-3 with the extra omega acids. That's fine. 
But the question about who'd win in a fight and what would cause us to fight, this might be it. Skippy versus Jeff. Uh, and Brandon, would you still cook your hot dogs in the peanut butter? I mean... You'd have no choice. I don't even know where to start with that. I don't even know where to start with that question. I'm not cooking hot dogs. I'm not using peanut like So, if peanut butter is the replacement for water, are people at home for their own eating enjoyment boiling hot dogs? Yeah, yeah. And you just boil it in peanut butter instead, yeah. I'm people not. would figure it out. We figured out how to get to the moon. We'll figure out how to boil a hot dog in peanut butter. We cannot get to the moon with peanut butter as water. Uh, well, we did. The spaceship would fucking explode because of some kind of scientific reason. They'd figure it out. Humans would have evolved to adapt no. to the peanut butter requirements no. that the world has in this scenario. No. Do you think humans just would have never figured it out? Humans figured out all this shit with water and everything else and they'll make it happen with peanut butter. One more hot dog question from Spooky Stuff Pod. Would you rather eat 50 10-pound hot dogs or one 50-pound hot dog? So, wait, 50 one-pound hot dogs? 10-pound hot dogs. 10-pound hot dogs. Okay, hold on a second. 50 10-pound hot dogs or what was the alternative? One 50-pound hot dog. <laughs> so, my choice is between eating <laughs> 500 pounds of hot dogs or 50 <laughs> pounds of hot dogs. And well, I, the 10 must have been a typo. They must have meant 50 one-pound hot dogs. So, let's just say that. Even a one pound hot dog <laughs> is a fucking enormous hot dog. I, I think you could do it, Brandon. Let's say it's, let's correct it. Let's put things on an even playing field. Say it's 51 pound hot dogs or one fifty pound hot dog. I don't even like hot dogs that much. Brandon, no one's buying it. I'd have to say the 51 pound hot dogs because if you mess up that one 50 pound hot dog, you got a lot, a lot of messed up hot dog to eat on. Yeah. And there are a lot of eating that would just be the like innard of the dog. Oh my God. Which is gross. Absent bread or condiments. Just a big hunk of like cooked inside meat. Would it make it easier if we rolled out a uh, trash can for you to eat over? Hmm. Would that make it easier for you to feel like you're at home, get through it? Okay. You know, being forced to eat a bunch of hot dogs could be an Olympic event, perhaps. On underscore pointless on Twitter wants to know, what Olympic event would you least like to be forced into doing? All, every one of them is just a different, like, it's just what way do you want to get hurt or embarrassed? <laughs> the easiest one for me to not get hurt would be, you know, 100 meter dash. It would be over so fast. It would, in like 10 seconds or something, I would just be embarrassed and I could go home. But if you tried to like put me on the, the slalom or the skeleton, you know, from the Winter Olympics. No. It's the shit that they slide down the ice tunnels. Okay. That's just like a bunch of different ways to get murdered on ice. So, I would always pick like just running. What about the long jump? How do you think you'd do on that? Yeah, I mean, that would be fine too. No, it wouldn't. You would not survive the long jump. Neither would I. What are you talking about? You don't even know your Olympic sports. Well, long, jump is just, of... long jump is just running and then jumping. Oh, I'm thinking of the... Fine. I would look stupid, but I would be fine. I'm thinking of the one where they have the big stick. That You're thinking used. of a pole jump. Yeah, that. No, yeah, we would look stupid. You know, we, <laughs> well, know, we know someone who uh, was a pole vaulter in college and she... Then, I'm sure, and still now looks like a superior athlete just walking around normal life compared to us. I can't imagine the disaster of just either one of us trying to run with the big stick. Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard enough running with a big stick in my everyday life anyway. 
Ivan on Facebook. We're down to our last three or four questions here. Ivan on Facebook wants to know, what is a movie you sat all the way through and regretted it? There's a lot of those. The Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. You saw that? Yeah, I saw it in college because, well, because I saw the first Blair Witch. It was like, give me more of that. And it was not anywhere near that. It was just a movie that had the Blair Witch stuff poked into it. Well, I'm about to make some enemies with my answer. The Last Jedi was hard to sit through for me. Uh, Also, I remember falling asleep in Star Wars Episode 2 in the theater. Uh, Lord of the Rings was pretty fucking boring too. Yeah, so I just, yeah, I I can hear the clicks of unsubscribes like from around the world but sorry. Which Lord of the Rings? The first one. Uh, And I saw all three just because you feel like you have to. They are really goddamn long. Yeah, they are. From the Cryptids Podcast on Instagram, would you consider a bee a bug and if so, would the bee movie actually be better called A Bug's Life? Uh, bee is a bug for sure. Yeah. Is it technically? A bee is the definition of a bug because it's got six legs and it bugs you. Uh, yeah. Bee's a bug. What's the second part of that? Should the bee movie be titled A Bug's Life? Well, the bee movie was a pun on like bee movies, the letter B movies, right? Yeah. I'm confused by this line of questioning. Yeah. I'm going to move us on to the last question from Kent on Facebook. <sighs> okay, you ready for this one? Yeah. What is 97643.5432 divided by 6, no calculators and don't even think about faking it on the podcast because I know when I hear it and no one fakes me out. If you fake me out, you best watch your back. You've been warned. <laughs> so, I so, guess read me the number again. I'll, let me do it with my best. Without calculators. Yeah. What is 97643.5432? So, I guess that's 97,643.5432 divided by 6 and don't fake him out. Okay. Are you doing this too? No, I... I I mean, what is... (laughs) I I don't even remember how to do this. Yeah, it is weird how you forget like very simple... 67, how many times does 6 go into 67? 11? But I don't have room there to write no an 67, 11. There is no 67, 97. I don't know. I don't know. Calculators were invented. There's no... <laughs> I, this isn't... I'm not uh, Pythagorean hmm. or Galileo or Kid Icarus or, you know, one of those wow. yeah. early mathematicians. Kent on Facebook, you're just going to have to live without the answer to this one. Brandon, we got through all the questions we're going to have time for today. We did get a few more that we didn't have time for, but we will do another Q&A episode in 20 weeks on episode 85. So, thanks to everyone who submitted and we're going to close out today with a few Apple podcast reviews. Oh, good. Oh, good, he says. I do like these. These are always either complimentary or bizarre. The first one comes from Big Worm Daddy. Worm is spelled with an E. Big Worm Daddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Something unsettling about that. They say, great concept and very well executed. Nick, clearly the show's host in his own mind, and sidekick host Brandon, also with a microphone, make the subject entertaining. On my list of top 10-ish podcasts about top 10 lists, 10-ish is somewhere in the top 10 or so. Thank you. On his or her list of top 10 podcasts about top 10 lists, we're in the top 10 or so. So, pretty mild praise. Thank you, Big Worm Daddy. Mm -hmm. That was a review. That was a review. Cryptid Gal says, love listening to them and getting knowledge on a wide range of topics. Joyous, smiley face. Joyous, smiley face? 
she's saying that we're joyous. This gal is saying we're joyous. So, I have to say that of the two reviews, I put them both in the top 10 or so. Big Worm Daddy. Is that, was that your nickname in high school? I think that's Garth Brooks' screen name. <laughs> oh, fuck. Garth Brooks, listener of the show. Well, if you want us to read your review, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and review us. We'll read it on a future episode. Brandon, I'm exhausted. All this great answering we've been doing. Garth Brooks lives around here, you know. We could... Kidnap him? We could get him on here. Oh, right. Get him on here. Yeah, we could do that. I think, yeah, something less interesting about Garth Brooks on our show than uh, President Trump, but maybe we'll do a poll, see who the listeners would uh, prefer us interview and confront. Maybe. What, what would we confront Garth Brooks about? From what I can see, his uh, social media presence is pretty corny. I think we could just eventually goad him about being a baby boomer <laughs> and that would be enough. <laughs> He's one of those guys who around the time he reached 45 or so, he realized the separation between his face and his neck was gone forever <laughs> and that wow. unless, unless he carved a chin into his face out of a goatee, that people would never be able to recognize him as anything but a bullfrog. <laughs> this is a, these are some hot takes I was not expecting here this late. You're really going after Garth here. Don't like, isn't that something that like... Uh, these are personal attacks. Big fat dads are like, oh wow. There's no difference between my face and my neck. Oh my God. Except on account of this goatee I'm going to stick on here so you know where one stops and one ends. <laughs> I call it the Garth. <laughs> He looks like a, th a thumb with a little beard painted on it. Holy shit. All right, we're going to end there. I, that was all Brandon. I took no part in that. Uh, I'm agnostic on the fat dad neck face goatee discussion. We want to thank everyone for their questions and for listening. We'll be back with a normal top 10-ish list next week for episode 66. Brandon, I'll have the list next time. By the way, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but tomorrow here in the States is fucking Thanksgiving. So, yeah, happy Thanksgiving and shit, I guess. Oh, crap. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.